Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. A bard is a storyteller who recites traditional texts associated with a particular oral tradition. And I'm here to recite and to amplify what the literature of the Bible says about who is God and who are human beings. Here's the place we are at today. In this podcast, we look at what Bible teachers and denominations term the Great Commission and try to understand to whom it is given and what it means. We start off with the text in Matthew 28, verse 19, where it says, Jesus then came to them, the disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you." Unquote. This commission that we have in this text closes out the Gospel of Matthew. Here's another version of it in the end of in Mark. It states, quote, He, Jesus, said to them, the disciples, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. End quote. This commission appears near the end of the Gospel of Mark, and Mark renders that whole thing into a single sentence. We get to Luke 24, verse 46. Jesus states, quote, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. End quote. This commission appears near the end of the Gospel of Luke and is kind of a brief summary of Old Testament prophecies about their Messiah. The book of Acts follows the Gospel of John, which does not end with a great commission and opens with another version of this, uh, this commission. Acts 1.7, Jesus says, quote, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." Unquote. Luke's reiteration reflects the language of the Hebrew Scriptures, where God states to the Jews many centuries before in Isaiah 43.10, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. Unquote. In these four places, we have statements of the risen Jesus Christ to the eleven disciples regarding their future activities, which are then, according to tradition, described in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a wonderful, pivotal text in the New Testament. Without it, we go from the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, directly to Romans and the other letters to the churches. What a strange New Testament it would be if the book of Acts was missing. But Acts is there, and if read using literary means of analysis, we can correctly understand the origins and development of the Christian church. Unfortunately, Acts gets interpreted along ideological lines and according to historical tradition, and this causes a great deal of problems for readers today. The Great Commission is purported in tradition to be the commissioning or marching orders for the Christian church. But we know that is not correct. We know it isn't correct because the book of Acts does not describe a single Christian church with a single message given to a single audience. The book of Galatians makes this clear when Paul describes his meeting with Peter, James, and John in Jerusalem. Paul met with the apostles 
to explain to them what he was preaching to the Gentiles or the non-Jews and get their reaction. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 through 9, the text states, They, the apostles, saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews." Unquote. More details of this meeting are given in Acts chapter 21 verses 17 through 25. As a matter of literary interpretation, we see that there are really two churches for two different audiences. The original, exclusively Jewish assembly of believers in Jerusalem is the first church we notice in the book of Acts. Then later, multiple churches in various cities in the Roman Empire, some with Jewish but predominantly non-Jewish or Gentile believers, is talked about. In fact, the first place where the name Christian was even given to believers in Jesus was in Antioch, Syria, See Acts chapter 11, verses 20 and 21. In Jerusalem, the Jewish believers were considered a sect of Judaism and called the Way. See Acts 24, verse 14. If we can dispense with the tradition that the Great Commission is given to the Christian church and place the statement of Jesus within the context of the entire scriptures, we can see that the Great Commission was actually given to Jewish believers by their Jewish Messiah and is quite millennial in scope. The Great Commission was given in the context of the disciples' questions about the kingdom of God. In Acts 1.6, uh, the disciples asked Jesus, quote, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Unquote. The Bible Bard is saying that the fulfillment of the Great Commission is accomplished after the return of Jesus to set up his kingdom by the Jews during the thousand-year millennial rule of Christ. This statement is supported by comparing the messages of the Jewish church in Jerusalem organized by the apostles of Jesus who were standing on that mountaintop when Jesus gave this commission and comparing that to the message Paul preached to the Gentile churches throughout the Roman world. Let's look first at Peter's gospel. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14 through 36, the, in summary, Peter is declaring something to an exclusively Jewish audience, and he says, quote, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we, the eleven, are all witnesses of the fact. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." Unquote. Compare that gospel message made by Peter to a Jewish audience to this Paul's Gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, where in summary, Paul writes to a Gentile church stating, quote, 
By this gospel you are saved, of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. This is what we preach, and this is what you believed, unquote. The import of Peter's gospel is that Jesus is the Messiah of Israel and listeners, the Jews, should repent of their sins and accept him as such. When Peter writes to the Gentile Christians in his letters, 1st and 2nd Peter in the New Testament, his message is changed from what he says in Acts and is more like Paul's. The import of Paul's gospel is that Christ died for the sins of human beings, was buried, and rose again. Salvation from sin and acceptance with God is Paul's theme throughout his letters. Once you have it clearly in mind that there is a distinction between the mission of the Jerusalem Church of the Apostles to uh, receive the acceptance, to gain the acceptance of all the Jewish people and the Jewish nation that Jesus is their Messiah, and then have the entire nation go out to evangelize the world, once you compare that to the Gentiles' churches scattered throughout the Roman world, you can make distinctions that tradition has failed to make. And you can have clarity about what the book of Acts teaches about Christianity. There is no doubt that the words of the Great Commission can be applied to any missionary program of any Christian church. But a literal interpretation of the text itself finds that this is a commission for Jewish believers and not strictly a commission for the Christian church. This is the way the Bible Bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Follow the Bible Bard on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Send the Bible Bard any question or remarks you care to offer to BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you.